Welcome, Middle Church. Hello. Hi, everybody. It's Reverend Natalie. So glad that you're all here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you have a smart device, I'm going to ask you to grab it real quick, open it up, open up your text messages, and text the number 833-786-0733. That number again, 833-786-0733. And I want you to put in the text message the word bulletin. You're going to get a link to the bulletin. There you go. You'll be able to sing along. You'll know all the things. And if you want to give later, text the word give or give now. If you want some care, text the word care. Like it does all the things, friend. It does all of the things. If you want the calendar, text the word calendar. So anyway, let me move on with life. We got stuff to do today. Let's get right into worship. Um, we like to start with the deep centering breath. You notice I'm not in the park, but that's all right. These rainy Augusts will not keep the sunshine out of our hearts. Let us worship God together.
Amen. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Natalie. Hi, everyone. I'm Reverend Amanda. And now it's time for the message for all ages, a message for all of us, but especially our young listeners at home. Friends, today, Middle is partnering with a lot of organizations in the East Village to put on a big back to school bash. Some of our members are already out there volunteering. This event will give away backpacks and school supplies, masks and resources for families because we know that God cares that all her children have what they need. So this morning, I'm thinking a lot about backpacks. If you are already back in school or getting ready to go back to school, maybe you're doing Zoom school. I wonder if you have a backpack or something that you put all of your supplies in. Anybody have one? Maybe a sack or something, maybe not as like amazingly sparkly as this one that Skylar is letting me borrow, but I bet you have some kind of backpack. I'm thinking today, not just about the paper and pencils and extra masks and hand sanitizer that go in our backpacks, but I'm also thinking about things that each of our young people, each of us can put in our backpacks because we are special and unique. Can you think about that with me? Now, these are things I'm gonna give you a hint that don't cost any money. Think about that with me. What are some things that you, whoever you are, worshiping with us today, can bring to put in your backpack every day? You can tell whoever you're worshiping with, if you're worshiping with someone, something that you're gonna put in your backpack or write it in the chat. But I think one thing we could bring is an open mind. Let's put our open mind in our backpack. I think another thing we could bring are listening ears. Let's put our listening ears in our backpack. I think another thing we could bring are helping hands. We all have hands. If you see somebody that needs help opening their lunch or tying their shoe or opening a door, you could bring your helping hands every day in your backpack. I'm thinking about kindness. Does anybody have kindness that they could bring and put in their backpack? Yeah, I'm thinking about that now. I have to tell you another secret. There are some things that end up in our backpacks that we don't necessarily want in there. What might some of those things be? It's true. Hate, oh gosh, get hate out of that backpack. We do not need that in there. Oh goodness, making fun of other people or bullying them, laughing at them. Nope, we're not gonna do that. Oh my goodness, biases. No, we don't want biases in there. What do I mean by biases? I mean assumptions that we make on people that are not make about people that are not based on fact. They're usually just based on how people look. We don't want those things in there, get them out. Now, friends, there's one other important thing that we haven't said yet that we talk about a lot at Middle Church that every single one of us can bring and put in our backpack every day. Every time we walk out of the door, every time we open the Zoom to go to school, this is something that we can put in our backpack. Oh my gosh, I already see it in the chat. What do you think it is? It starts with the word L. It ends with the, starts with the letter L. It ends with the letter E. Love! Yes, friends, look how big it is too. When you put love in this backpack, it is overflowing because it's so powerful and so amazing. You can't even keep it in. And it replaces all the things, all those stinky things that we get out that do happen to still be in there. 
Every single one of us has so much love and that love comes from God. And it's a gift that you can share with the world every day. We're gonna be praying with you all and for you all as you start this new school year and do so with all the love that God has given us. Amen. Amen and amen. Good morning, middle. Middle is rising. We are rising. My goodness, grand rising to you. Excited to be here. I am Monique Fortune. I am in care at Middle Collegiate Church, and my pronouns are she, her, Elia. So come on, let's come together and be family, be beloved family. And gosh, Amanda just gave us a good word about love, the agape love that rises and that helps us all continue to not take communion or take in communion, but to be communion. We are beloved community, beloved community. So we pray that all is well with you and yours and that you're safe this morning. And we are called to come together at this time and at this space to be able to be faith, to be love, to be peace in action. So here's what's happening at Middle. We just want to share a couple of things with you. Amanda mentioned today, join us for what not, why not care? Why not care for our children, particularly for our children on the Lower East Side and of course, the East Village. Check out our website for details. Volunteers are still needed from 12 noon to 4 p.m. And again, Reverend Amanda can also give you more information during chat and chew. Reach out to her and we still need folks. And of course, always touch base with us on our website, www.middle.org. So the 20th anniversary, oh, sorry, www.middlechurch.org. Sorry about that. 20th anniversary of 9-11 is coming up, family, a very solemn time, but a time for us to connect to remembrance and love. Rise in peace. Rise in peace and remembrance will be occurring. We have the Peace Walk that will happen September the 9th. Children of Abraham, that will be the peace vigil that happens on 9-11. And then, of course, we have a special worship that will happen on Sunday, September the 12th. Join us for that again as we rise in peace and remembrance. And finally, save the date, save the date, family, September 21st, the middle mixer, where we are going to be celebrating with Reverend Natalie once again in the heart of Harlem, Harlem, USA, at St. Nicholas Park. Join us again, save the date, put that on your calendars, put that on any of your technology, September the 21st. So now family, we're going to transition and uh, let's center, let's take another deep cleansing breath. <sighs> Release what no longer serves us. And we're going to move into for a minute to breakout rooms. What is a prayer? for the people today? What's a prayer that you need for loved ones, your family, our nation, our world, or for yourself? Let's pray and go into those rooms. And I will be here with
Hi, everyone. I think that we we lost uh, Monique there for a moment. Um, so as she comes to make her way back to, to this, this moment here, let us offer a moment of prayer. You who are worshiping here still and you who are tuning in from wherever you're streaming service. God, we know that there are so many places of pain in this world. Storms on the horizon and storms already on our shores. Please be a source of comfort for all of us who need it. Offer a moment of peace, even as we know that wholeness can feel so far away. Be that presence, that love beside us that reminds us we are already whole, that what is broken can be rebuilt, but that the love we share with one another is waterproof and fireproof and all that you would have us live into. We welcome everybody as you join back into this moment. Let us all come together in a moment of prayer. Breathe in your blessedness. And as you breathe out, recommit yourself to bearing it into the world that so desperately needs your love. Let it move through you, reaching out into your community and around the world to all the places that need a balm. May we remember that our hands are yours, that our feet are yours, that our hearts are yours. And may, they, may we, you use them for your work that we might remember our own. Now friends, we're gonna move back into a moment of breakout rooms so that we can share that peace that God has given us with one another. So as you go in, be sure to offer love abundantly, knowing that we so deeply need it for ourselves. Peace be with you, middle family. Peace and all good things. workshops that we've done on Black Lives Matter and white privilege and all that stuff. I've been in the social groups like New Adventures. Financial distress and I was don't even talk about it to others because I figured that's for me to deal with but never had a church of like an actual church that actually cared. I'm so grateful for Middle and my choir family. I know that I have been lifted in prayer a million times and I know that that is what has gotten me through 
the worst of my days. So middle has been a constant for me. It has been a very present help in a time of need. And I'm so grateful for middle community for welcoming and embracing me. And even though we don't have a building, I feel really hopeful about the community that we continue to be for each other because I see all the ways in which we are looking out for each other. Really love uh, connecting with the young people um, and all in, in general, all of the groups that meet together in this time uh, virtually. And on Sunday is also inspirational and, and gives me some comfort that someday we'll be able, you know, we will be together again and be able to hug again and do all the things that we did uh, before the pandemic. joining us with a beautiful, beautiful anthem. Thank you. We will have a beautiful anthem as soon as we figure out our Zooms. I wasn't looking when I found you for the first time last call. Saw the details flicker through haze. But I was lying, I remember Felt the welcome of your eyes split second you captured my gaze oh i oh my oh i oh my oh i was so surprised looking nothing like a dream Cupid came to call. I did believe the mystery. Let the arrow fall. How I resisted your forecast for sunny and bright. So different from storms I had weathered. Ran like the bride of bluebeard from rising blood till a quiver delivered us together.
for those hunted through the years brought down by growling hounds by fear god of love god of love we need you here looking maybe like a dream cupid come to call Dare believe the mystery underneath us all if Cupid dares to call let the arrows Allie, thank you. Thank you. Hello, middle. I'm Catherine, and my pronouns are she and her. And our scripture today is from the Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 2, to chapter 2, verse 3. I'm going to skip verses 9 to 14 if you're reading along with me. This is a poem. There's a she, a he, and some friends. She says, Kiss me with the kisses of your mouth, for your lovemaking is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. Take me away with you. Let's hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers, her friends say. We rejoice and delight in him. We will praise his love more than wine. She says, how right they are to adore you. I am black and beautiful, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Don't gaze at me because I'm dark, because the sun has gazed on me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Tell me, my beloved, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I veil myself when I approach the flocks of your friends? And her friends say, if you don't know most beautiful of women, follow the tracks of the sheep and graze your young goats by the tents of the shepherds. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Your eyes are doves. How handsome you are, my beloved, and how charming, and our bed is green. The beams of our house are cedar trees, our rafters are fir trees. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was in high school, my friend Mary was famous for driving around town in her mom's old station wagon with her left foot up on the door, stuck out the window as she drove. One day driving out to an event, we began to hear a loud noise coming from the engine. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. What's that? We asked each other. I turned down the radio to see if we could figure out what it might be. We were 17 years old. We had no idea what clickety-clack might indicate. 
Ugh, she grunted, and she jacked up the volume on the radio, twice as loud as it had been before. What are you doing? I asked. Well, I don't know what the noise is, so I don't want to hear it. Don't we so often deal with puzzling things that way? They don't fit into how we think the world is or should be, so we just turn up the volume on the distractions. And there's a book in the Bible that we in many Christian churches treat kind of like that, and that's the Song of Songs. You might have also heard it called the Song of Solomon or Canticles. It's an ancient erotic poem, and it is steamy stuff. And there it is nestled in between the totally depressing book of Ecclesiastes and the fiery prophetic words of Isaiah. At least in my Protestant Bible, that's where it sits. Other versions of the Bible put it in other places. Song of Songs celebrates the sensual, erotic love of a young woman and a young man. Now, there are many efforts to tame this poem, to turn up the radio and pretend we don't hear it for what it is. For instance, because the man refers to her a couple of times as his bride, I was always told that this was a man and woman celebrating their wedding. Well, weirdest wedding ever, if that's the case. If it's their wedding day, what's she doing asking him where he works? If they're celebrating their wedding, what's she doing running around town trying to find him and getting beaten up by a security guard who doesn't approve of their love? If they're getting married, why do they wish they were brother and sister so that they could be together all the time? Now, if you have your hanky ready to wipe your brow, let me read you a little bit more. She says, Listen, my beloved is knocking open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew. My hair is damp with the night. I've taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I've washed my feet. Must I soil them again? My beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening. My heart began to pound for him. I arose to open for my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with flowing myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I don't know, I might have broken some internet terms of service with that steamy stuff. It's shocking, it's puzzling, it's totally inappropriate. I hope no children heard that. And yet of the various versions of the Bible that exist within Judaism and Christianity, all of them include this poem. Huh? We don't know very much about how this book made its way into the accepted scriptures for Jews. It makes no mention of God. It has no direct relevance to the story of the people of Israel. Unlike the book of Proverbs, it does not give any sanctimonious advice about how to live an upright life. And in fact, it shouts that you are wonderful exactly as you are in a world where some will approve of your sexuality and some will not. Chances are it was simply beloved literature to ancient Jews because it is such a joyful, uninhibited celebration of life and love and sex. The earliest information we have about it is that a great rabbi of ancient times declared, the Song of Songs was bestowed on, was the day the Song of Songs was bestowed on us is the most blessed of days because whereas all of the scriptures are holy, the Song of Songs is the holiest of holies. 
And indeed, our Jewish siblings don't avoid this poem as much as most of us in Christian congregations do. In fact, it's traditionally read at Passover, and some in the Hasidic community, community read it every week at the Sabbath, and I think that's a great way to start a weekend. But the faithful have wanted for centuries to turn up the radio to drown out this joyful clickety-clack. And so it's most frequently interpreted as an allegory of God's love for us. No, no, this argument goes, don't work up a sweat. It's not about two people who are hot for each other. It's just a tale about how much God loves us. Okay, it is a beautiful idea that God loves us with the passion of a lover. But I'd like to lower the volume on that distraction and reclaim the scriptures for what they are. So let's encounter this text and every other in all their mystery, their power, their beauty, and at times their horrors. Phyllis Tribble, a, a beloved Christian scholar of the Hebrew scriptures, always sought out and uncovered what she called the depatriarchalizing messages in the Bible. And she reads Song of Songs as a parallel to the Garden of Eden story. The Garden of Eden was an innocent, protected place appropriate for children. The Song of Songs is paradise for adults who live in the real world. As Treble points out, the man and woman in Song of Songs are naked and not ashamed. They create their own paradise by treating each other with tenderness and respect. In this paradise, the body is the garden. Like when it says, I went down to the grove of nut trees to look at the new growth in the valley. Make no mistake, that is not talking about the countryside. Every Sunday before worship, a group, a group of us get together in Bible in the Middle, and we read and discuss the scripture for that day. And you're always welcome to join us if you haven't already. A couple of weeks ago, we were reading about the prophet Elijah. Some of you might remember the incident where Elijah slaughters 500 priests who worship the Canaanite god Baal. The author of this biblical story clearly approved of Elijah's actions, killing these worshipers of a false god. If we were to decide that everything each Bible author says is normative for us, then such stories could easily justify the kinds of horrors that we see from fundamentalist religions of all stripes killing, punishing, and shunning apostates, hiding women away and denying them an education, denying people access to reproductive services, sexual orientation and gender expression being confined to hetero and cisnormative straitjackets. That's what you get when you choose to turn up the radio volume to cover the sound of your conscience. That's what you get when you cover up the clickety-clack of the Song of Songs by either failing to read it all together or by pretending that it isn't what it is, a celebration of affectionate, respectful, passionate, and sexual love between two human beings and their friends. Literalism says you can't pick and choose when reading the Bible, but don't fall for that. Not only should you pick and choose, but there's no way around it. As our wonderful Reverend Natalie often points out to us, there's not one Bible, but several different versions of the Bible from various Jewish and Christian traditions. So as soon as you are holding one Bible in your hands, you've already picked and chosen. 
our ancestors have given us a variety of scriptures and life has given us experience to pick what makes sense based on real world conditions. And God has given us hearts and brains to choose what is good and healthy and liberating. And at middle, we choose a hermeneutic of love, a way of reading scripture and living our faith that recognizing that what is love is God and what is not is not. Church, we drown out the sound of the Song of Songs at our own peril. This celebration of love beckons us to pay attention to when we are failing to live the full and joyful life that God intends for us. This song stands in stark contrast to chest-pounding tales of killing the so-called enemies of Yahweh. It's the Bible's own voice of dissent against any time where one person or people overpowers another. It's the Bible's own voice of dissent against anything that may, might make us feel that our bodies are ugly or sinful. It's the Bible's own voice of dissent against anything that denies the possibilities of true goodness, happiness, and love right here and now. If we tune into the clickety-clack that this song is making, we hear it beckoning us to live the way this fiercely loving couple lived, naked and unashamed, surrounded by friends who rejoice in our triumphs and come to our aid in our distress. This is paradise for adults. There is work to do. There are forces of oppression still lurking. In one section of the song, she says, my heart sank at my beloved's departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called, but he did not answer. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. They beat me, they bruised me, they took away my cloak, those watchmen of the walls. Daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, tell him I am faint with love. Friends, when we talk about bold love, fierce love, revolutionary love, we are talking about you and me creating a real world paradise, even where there are self-appointed watchmen, where there are watchmen of white supremacy, where there are people who think that they have the right to beat us down for daring at, to go out into the streets to pursue our passion for justice, for drawing outside the lines of gender, for loving who we love, for declaring that Black Lives Matter, that AAPI Lives Matter, for being God's beautiful rainbow people, loving each other and celebrating each other's passions. This is not a paradise where angels hold flaming swords, keeping all difficulties and problems away. It's a paradise where our love for one another and the self-love that allows us to fully enjoy it that becomes our collective power to fight for justice. The same ancient rabbi who blessed the day that the Song of Songs was bestowed on humanity, that same rabbi 2000 years ago also insisted that if we did not have the Torah, if we did not have the law or any instructions from God, we could learn everything we need to know by reading the Song of Songs. Friends, this song beckons you to sing your truest self, your most at ease self, your most I love this self. Then you are the love that creates the paradise amidst the watchmen where joy and justice sing.
Hi, my name is Daryl, and I'm going to take a few minutes to speak to you about joining the movement. But before I do, I want you to think about, as you've watched this service, how it's changed your perspective. That something you've seen, heard, or enjoyed changed and affected your perspective. Um, and I think that's important because, for me, Middle Church participating in the movement has changed my perspective in so many ways. You see, when I first walked through the doors, I had a certain perception as a gay black man about how I was received in the church. I was kind of seen, I was sort of valued. Now let's fast forward to today, where I've been asked to extend uh, the invitation to join the movement, where I meet with other queer black men at, at QBM meetings regularly where I participate at Middle Out Loud's exploration of queer spirituality. So that's my experience with joining the movement. It's affected and changed my perspectives in so many ways from racial, racial equity to sexism to understanding homophobia, income inequality, voting rights. My perspective has been affected in, in a number of different issues. but. For you, you get to basically decide how you want to change your perspective and participate in the movement. You get to design your own uh, movement activities around your perspectives of what interests you. And it can range from virtual dinner parties to getting involved in voting rights issues. So you decide how you want to give your time, your talent, or your tr treasure. So. To join, it's very simple. Go to middlechurch.org and click on join us, fill out the information, and there you are. And here are the ways in which, in which you can give. Do you want me to pray now, Ben, or do you want to do the song? Oh, apologies for that. We're going to sing and then pray. Yes. Bye. 
give you all that I can give and nothing less I would give more if I could my heart is yours my soul as well my flesh my Yes, Dion, Tammy, and Sarah, thank you. That was so beautiful. Amen. Let's pray together. God of love and generosity, bless these gifts that have been given. Bless the musicians, the artists, the children, the preachers, the organizers, the technology, the financial donations. God bless it all and may it like our love overflow into this world amen
middle before I give the benediction, let me invite you to stick around for chat and chew, which begins at quarter till the hour in about 15 minutes or so. Middle family, when I look at you, everything's all right with me. Just one look at this beautiful, justice-seeking, passionate and bold community rising to fierce love. I know it's gonna be a lovely day. Go in love, go in justice, go in joy and go in peace.